Welcome to Pacific Roots Magazine Podcast. Today we are talking with Fred Beasley II, aka Doc G, a global youth culture architect and lifelong creative with over two decades of experience working with at-risk youth of all ages. He has traveled the world doing interactive workshops and lectures designed to empower the disenfranchised. He has been featured in New York Times, Men's Health, CNN, Men's Fitness, and the Smithsonian Museum. In addition to working with high-profile clients such as Nike, NBA, Equinox, NFL, and Leverage Marketing Agency, he produced the award-winning documentary, Raise Up the World is Our Gym, that was recently picked up by Red Bull. Doc is founder and chapter leader of New York City Hip Hop is Green, a plant-based multimedia company developed to introduce inner-city youth to the benefits of living a healthy, balanced lifestyle in a flavorful and digestible way. He is currently working on his first children's book and resides on Roosevelt Island in New York City with his wife and four children. Here we go. We are welcoming Fred Doc Beasley of New York City Hip Hop is Green to the third Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Thank you for being here, Doc. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you as well as your constituents and all, and all the listeners out there. I'm really excited too. I want to go back to, I, I'm not sure when exactly I learned about Hip Hop is Green in New York City Hip Hop is Green. I think it was early last year, but I remember just being really excited that you guys exist and only wanting to find out more. And I remember we had a little bit of email dialogue, but now here we are face to face and uh, we can, I can uh, learn more and, you know, share uh, about your organization, yeah, mission, yeah. the history. So let's dig right in. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that, that conversation and, and my goal with that initial conversation was to have, the founder of Hip Hop is Green, Keith Tucker. I really wanted you guys, I really still want you guys to do an interview uh, with him in in the magazine because I think that he's really just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal man and just a great person overall. So um, just jumping right into it, Keith Tucker is the founder of Hip Hop is Green. He founded Hip Hop is Green um, almost 11 years ago, a little over 11 years ago. And what happened was that for a long time, he was working with with hip hop artists via a radio show, doing some other other production and things like that. And he started doing this radio show and interviewing certain hip hop artists, and a lot of them were coming on there, and they were talking about, you know, that they were pursuing a plant based lifestyle. Um, and a light bulb went off in Keith's head, and he wanted to actually do a, a film or a documentary about this phenomenon, this niche phenomenon that was happening in hip hop that was unbeknownst to most people who follow mainstream hip hop. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was just an amazing time. And through him doing that documentary, he decided to fully submerse himself into the culture of what it means to be plant-based, what it means to be vegan. Um, at that same time, he was working with one of the hip hop greats, a brother by the name of KRS-One, from Boogie Down Productions, who has done a lot of 
a lot of really radical, and I say radical, I mean that in a good way, a lot of radical things, a lot of radical approaches to music. You can even go back to his song in 1988 where he talks about beef. Um, go back to another song where he talks about, um, and he, he said, um, in my philosophy, he said, I'm giving to you firsthand. He said, because I'm a black, brown, brown man, I don't eat pork or ham because that's chick, uh, turkey or hamburger, because to me that's suicide, self-murder. Let us get back to what they call hip-hop and what it meant to DJ Scott LaRock. So KRS-One was always on the forefront talking about health and or mixing those two worlds, health and hip-hop. Long story short, Keith, from working with KRS-One, um, doing his radio show, he said, you know what, there, there's a void right now in hip-hop that is missing out of all the elements the one thing that we are not talking about or not addressing properly is health and wellness. Right. With that mission as his, as his anchor, he drafted a letter to many of the forefathers of hip-hop, um, Cool Herc, um, the Cold Crush Brothers, um, again, KRS-One, Dougie Fresh, all these, all these people. And he said, you know what? I want to add another element to hip-hop because Karis one had already laid out in his in his message to the United Nations that hip hop was a nation and there were nine elements. Chief, as he looked at that at that at that draft that Karis one had, had produced and directed to and presented to the United Nations, he said, "You know what? There's one thing missing. That's health and wellness." Hmm. Long story short, 2017, 2006. I want to say 16, he had the signing of the 10th element of hip-hop, health and wellness, introduced to the hip-hop community. And that was, at a, that was during a, a presentation or a ceremony at the historic Schomburg Theater in Harlem. Wow. I'm, I'm giving, yeah, I'm giving you that history because that's the same time that I first initially met Keith. How's the energy, I was working with... How's the energy in that hmm? room? I wonder how was the energy in the in the theater at that at that time? Great question. The energy in the room was electric. Yeah. Because we re we realized that we were on the cusp of doing something that was paradigm shifting, that was groundbreaking, and that has the potential to continue to inform and re-innovate and re-energize hip hop as we know it. You know, so to see um, Easy AD, to see the Cold Crush Brothers, to see Jade the Kiss and Styles P, to see um, Queen Afua, to see Stickman from Dead Prez, to see Cy Rock, to see all these powerful people come together with a common cause to inject more health and wellness into this art form that has given us so much. Um, it was just a moment that I'll never forget. Um, I was at that time working with a group called the Bartenders. The Bartenders are a group that's from Harlem who we basically created a, a brand new way of exercising, doing all body weight exercises, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, in a way that had never been seen before. And that, that movement gave me a, ch a chance to go around the globe. Long story short, Keith presented us with a with a plaque, with an award for being part of the vanguard of representing health and wellness 
in the community and in the hip hop because we used to every time we worked out we would use hip hop music as the backdrop to what we were doing. Um, from that event, Keith and I built we built a camaraderie. We started talking. I asked him because um, Keith is from Seattle, mind you. He's from Seattle. So that's from the West Coast. Yeah, right, yeah. So I asked. Yeah, so I asked Keith, I said, yo, how do you have hip-hop is green, but you don't have a chapter in New York City? That's that's mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, um, I couldn't find anyone who would do the work. And there you are. And I was like, well, right. I said, I'm your guy. Yep, and that, and that was three years ago. And we've been on a, we've been on an upward trajectory ever since. Um, and to see some of the things that we've done in that three-year span with NYC Hip Hop is Green has been, um, it's been, it's been, it's pretty amazing. You know, being able to connect with people in the private sector, the government sector, the education sector, and of course the community and kind of bringing all those people together. And again, using I got I got to tell you this right and, and pardon me as as I jump back and forth but at one of our events that we did recently I had a I had a young man there who was uh who is a seminary student so he's studying he's studying theology mm-hmm. and he's going to get his doctorate in theology and he told me after one of our events that you know he said doc do you realize that the first church was actually the dinner table because that was the place, you know, it made me think about the picture of the first supper and things like that. Oh, the last, excuse me, the last supper and things like that. But that, that table represented a time where people were able to converse, share information, speak about the issues of the day, and at the same time, um, plan and strategize. And I say that to say, in a nutshell, that's what NYC Hip Hop is Green is all about. It's bringing people around a common a common cause of health and wellness, but then feeding them good food for their bodies as well as their spirits, but using hip hop as a window to pepper or flavor the conversation. I love that. You know, so, so exciting. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense, and I love the language we use to describe it. Um, so Seattle was the first chapter, and then came New York City chapter. Are there other chapters, or is there some de- new chapters? Developed? We have chapters. We have over 15 chapters all mm-hmm. over the country. Um, last year, in 2019, just opened up a, a chapter in London. There are chapters in Atlanta. There are chapters in um, Kansas City, chapters in Chicago, chapters in Indiana, chapters in San Diego. We're actually, so I have to cut, fast forward. Actually, this March, March the 5th through the 8th, we're having our first Hip Hop is Green Summit in Seattle, where all the chapters are coming together, and um, we're looking we're looking to have almost 500 people in the building, okay. and we're going to plan and strategize and get ready to take this next this next decade on um, from a Hip Hop is Green perspective. So it's a very exciting time. That I didn't even know there were 15 chapters. I'm going to want to add that to, you know, I'll, I'll load up a website page so for people to go and listen to this, uh, it will be available mm-hmm. on 
podcast platforms, but, um, and then to add links, you know, so people can see if people listening want to get involved. Uh, I, I knew about your organization, but I didn't know about all the chapters and that there's a London one. So it'll be really interesting to see all, all the list of uh, different areas. So for people also who, who want to get involved or connect with you, that would be great. Yep. Yep, for sure. So anybody who wants to get, who wants to connect with me directly at NYC Hip Hop is Green, you can find us on Instagram at NYC Hip Hop is Green. Of course, you can email me directly, NYC Hip Hop is Green at gmail.com. Um, you can look at the website, our, our, our national website, which is hip hop is green, um, dot com, and see a lot of the work that we've been doing. And um, we always, and I'll say this, I'll share this with you. A lot of times, people like to come for the celebration aspect, but what we need at this at this time, we need people who want to put their their feet on the ground and their hands in the mud. Absolutely, and really do work, work in yep. the in the community. No, but I would. That's that. What I'm thinking, I saw on your Facebook page recently. I even forwarded it to a friend. You had a listing for internships, I believe. Um, summer, yeah. I think I can imagine easily people. There are so many people who are also in the vegan realm who are eager to work with an organization with whom their own ethics align. And you guys working with the hip hop element too, it's extremely innovative. So I think this would excite a lot of people and um, excite them to, to want to work as well. So there was a few, as I, as you know, I had a lot of various questions about um, the organization and just to share with listeners. So Hip Hop is Green is described as the first plant-based hip hop multimedia organization. You wanna touch on the six pillars? Yep, so we have six pillars in Hip Hop is Green that we focus on and that we use to, to inspire and motivate students and, and other people. Um, one, plant-based eating, two, um, urban gardening, three, um, animal, animal rights, four, food justice, five, um, sobriety, which is very important, and six, exercise. Um, what makes these pillars so, so exciting and so dynamic is that many of these issues are prominent in hip-hop culture as we speak. In, in America, we're suffering right now through an opioid crisis that ties in directly to many of, many of the lyrics that people hear in mainstream hip-hop songs. What do, what do I mean by that? People, a lot of our mainstream rappers are now talking about this, this intoxicant that they call lean. And lean is a drink that people take by um, mixing cough syrup, soda, and, and other things. Now, one of the interesting aspects is that an ingredient in the cough syrup, the codeine, is very, very similar, has a very, very similar effect to heroin. So we're finding that many of our youth who are engaging in this activity of drinking lean when they can't find the lean, they inadvertently slip into becoming heroin addicts. Oh, this is very, very, very uh, disturbing. 
It's very upsetting, and it's a very real problem. That, and that also ties into young people who are taking Percocets, Adderall, and these different type of prescription pills that are being celebrated a lot by the mainstream, by many mainstream hip-hop artists. So I said to say that within these pillars that hip-hop is green, that we use to, to elevate us, they tie in directly to what's happening in pop culture. When we talk about plant-based, plant-based dieting, plant-based, not even a diet, a plant-based eating, plant-based lifestyle, many of our Many of our young people that we deal with and that we approach on a daily basis, they find themselves living in areas that are suffering from what is now being termed as food apartheid, meaning that these people have no access or very little access to food with a high nutritional value. They're surrounded by bodegas, liquor stores, and fast fast food companies that are actively targeting them in disproportionate numbers to be their main um, consumers. And this has been documented in the New York Times and Business Week about how fast food companies and, and liquor companies and cigarette companies are targeting black and brown youth disproportionately with billboards in their areas, um, using pop culture icons to become the faces of these of these companies that send skewed messages to our young people. So I said to say that all these things are part of the gumbo that make hip hop is green so exciting, so necessary, and so vital in today's times. Absolutely, I, I'm really glad you brought up the food justice. That's an area I haven't got into covering yet, but I plan to. I want to devote a lot of energy at the website. Uh, at Pacific Roots to issues of food justice as well, because this is really critical. I remember working um, in a in a community in Philadelphia several years ago, and I remember I would take the bus from where I lived, and one day I forgot my lunch, so I went looking around, and I couldn't find, for blocks, I walked for blocks, couldn't find any food. Finally found, yeah, like some bodega, had mostly liquor, and I found some saltine crackers, finally, but I just, I couldn't believe it. There was just for blocks and blocks. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in the center city, which is fairly, I'm sure you know Philadelphia a little bit, uh, the center city has plentiful options. And I would say even affordable. Um, you know, that row of saltine crackers I got was like $3. It's absurd. Right, right. You know, a whole salad at a little, a little cafe in town. So, I, I am well aware and also reading reading the uh, coverage on the food justice issues and it's um, it's it's absolutely uh, an issue to, to increase spotlight on and um, continue continue raising awareness about and working against. I'm excited to hear about people who are working with that. And um, also urban gardening. I would love to hear a little bit more about the urban gardening you're doing and where in the city and yeah. how people are responding. Yep, yep. So the urban gardening piece is a is a is a piece that is getting a lot of a lot of traction. Right now in New York City, um NYCHA or the New York City housing development are creating situations where every so called government they call them the projects, every so called government housing situation or development are now developing their own 
gardens. And this is something that we that we've been pushing for hard as we've been working with people such as the mayor of New York City, Mayor de Blasio. We've been working with Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. And again, it's it's getting our young people to be excited about knowing what it means to produce food from farm to table. Yes. And knowing that when we talk about a farm or a garden, it doesn't have to be somewhere that's far away from you. You can make a garden. I've seen people do vertical gardening right in right in their apartment buildings. Right. Some schools that we work with, a school that we work with, it's called 197 PS 197 in Harlem. They actually have a vertical garden right in the basement of their school. Mm-hmm. Um, so all all of these things are fueling the conversation, getting people excited about their their responsibility to their health. And again, we use hip hop as green as that as that springboard or that catalyst that lets them know that these options exist. That's another thing I, I want to speak about. Um, a lot of times when I'm talking to young people in the inner city communities from from a Brownsville, Brooklyn, or, for, or from a Harlem or a South Jamaica, Queens, or from a South Bronx area. One thing I notice is that people don't feel don't want to feel like they're being talked talked at they want to have a conversation mm-hmm. so many people have told me before i, I had this um, i always share this antidote because it, it was so powerful i had a young lady tell me one day at a um i was doing a an event or doing a presentation at at a, a juvenile detention center and a young lady was about 13 maybe 14 years old she said, Doc, we don't we don't care what you know until we know that you care. Mm. And I thought that was very, very powerful and very profound because so many people come in and talk at people right. instead of talking with them. And I said to say, Tip Hop is green, we're not the vegan police. We're not the plant based Gestapo. Right. What we are is a resource to help people know and to meet people where they are and to help them know that they have other options. And it's in exploring those options that it gives them the responsibility to take those next steps, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I like to say that we, um, we present this information in a flavorful and digestible way that makes people, you know, want to follow up on their own. I I share this with you. My grandfather used to always say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink, but you can make that joker thirsty. (laughs) So that is what our goal, Hip Hop is Green, is to make you realize how important this information is, and then you'll go to the well and get the water yourself as opposed to being force-fed the information. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You give people the not, not only the knowledge, but you the inspiration. Just your, your delivery is incredibly inspiring. I'm already vegan. I'm incredibly inspired. I would, I would be very curious. I, I think the delivery is what makes you guys so fantastic. And I like that you mentioned you're not the vegan police. I mean, I think so many of us in the vegan sphere are recognizing certain types of advocacy that do or don't work. And like you said, this young woman, that, that is very powerful and raw and honest for her to say don't um what was it uh don't talk at 
uh, what the young lady said. She basically, she basically said, we, we don't care what you know until we know that you care. Right, exactly. And so connecting with people, if, if the connectivity isn't there, no matter how important the information might be, it just might not get, you know, digested. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, the not, not only just the knowledge, but the inspiration that you're giving. And then also, I have all these notes here. I don't know if we'll get through everything. Okay. We can Google you guys and read. I don't, I don't mean to over, I don't mean to over talk. Some, sometimes I, I talk too much because I'm just so passionate about, about what we're doing. So if, if you need to tell me to shut up, just give me the... <laughs> That's okay. This is all about you. And um, so this is great that you're talking a lot. But so I do want to get into some of these measures just because I think they're groundbreaking. So for example, the, um, and for people listening all over the world, I hope eventually, uh, to know that these things are possible, uh, Meatless Mondays in New York City public schools, which was yes, a yes. collective effort of many groups, correct? Yes. Yes, it definitely was. It was it was a collective effort of politicians, grassroots, um, community-based organizations, um, school the school chancellor, of course, and just really getting getting in and really really hammering out something that that was doable, something that needed to be done. And I have to give uh, my brother Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams a lot of credit for that. Um, he recently about maybe five or six years ago, made the trans transition to being plant-based because he was suffering from, from type 2 diabetes. They told him that they were going to have to maybe cut, cut his leg off. He was going blind in one eye. Um, he started doing the research, took, a plant, took on a plant-based lifestyle, and totally reversed all those symptoms. With that newfound lease on life, he took that same information and, and, and fervor and applied it to what he was doing in the political arena. And he used his influence to say, listen, um, because now that's one thing I, I love about the internet. There is a lot of misinformation on the internet, but there's also a lot of good information if you can sift, sift through it. But we found that from the World Health Organization that foods such as hot dogs, hamburgers, um, all these fried foods are type are type carcinogens yep. carcinogens on the same level as cigarettes. Yep. So Eric Eric would say, why are we feeding our children these car these carcinogenic foods that have the same effect to them as cigarettes and then saying that we're investing in our future? Right. It didn't it didn't make sense. And as he as he rang that bell, we were able to we were blessed to be amongst the constituents to do work. And he was able to use our work as some of the, again, as a springboard to say, here's people doing this in the community that are having an impact. What can we do? We have 1.5 million public school students in New York City public schools, the largest school system in America. We cannot continue to feed them death and then ask them to excel. So it was it was and is a groundbreaking thing. Now we're actually going for a second day. Um, so hopefully we'll have a meatless Monday and a, and a, and a tasty, a tasty, oh, those, what is it, Taco Tuesdays, I think. And the, and the goal is to get people excited. 
about being healthy, about being responsible, about realizing that what you put on your fork has a profound impact on the world that that we live in. Um, so it's not it's not a an easy battle or overnight victory by any means. It is a continuous thing because you you'll be surprised how powerful the dairy industry is when we talk about school systems. Oh, I know. You know, they have a they have pretty much a headlock on certain on certain laws making it almost mandatory or making it mandatory for schools to for school lunches to include a school milk and even cheeses, you know, because they get so much money um, from those contracts to have, think about it, six months of school, to have a school milk there every, every day, to have cheese every day. It's just a, it's a multi-million, I dare say a billion dollar operation. Absolutely. So, think of how also how much is wasted, how many, not all kids drink milk. My kids don't, don't exactly. touch my kids, I nursed my kids and they also are not interested, but uh, it's the same thing here. I, I mean, I am curious globally about this issue with, with kids and dairy, because uh, this is um, definitely throughout the Western world, very common. Um, what I did one day on plant-based milk day, I went to the store, I spent the equivalent of about $10 and got a few different plant-based milks and took it to school and had a little tasting party with my kids' teachers, because I asked them, Turned out none of them had ever tried plant-based milk. Um, right. So for many of us, this is just, it's really common now. It's like second nature. It's like you wouldn't even consider buying cow's milk, but um, it's good to remember many people have not even been exposed to these so-called alternatives. So there's the lobby, and then there's also just habit, you know? So. That's that's another great, a great line that, I love that Eric that Eric Adams says a lot. He says that it's not it's not your birth birthplace, it's your breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's not your lineage, it's your lunch. Mm-hmm. It's not your DNA, it's your dinner. And he's getting people to realize because especially in the black and brown communities, many people think that they suffer from ailments because it runs in the family. Right. Well, what really runs in the family is a consistent diet made up of certain foods that we're finding now with more and more research that these foods, though traditionally traditionally inviting, may be counterproductive to our health and longevity. Exactly. And that's what makes that's what makes today's time so exciting for Plant, plant, the plant-based population and those who are dibbling, dabbling with the plant-based lifestyle because now there are so many different ways that you can, or so many different entry points. Mm-hmm. So the goal is, of course, to have people eat more plant-based whole foods. But if I can get you to, to try a plant-based burger, that could be the bridge that allows you to understand why um, asparagus is needed, why, um, you know, um, you, you might drink some sea moss, why you might should look into um, 
cutting down your intake on on the fried foods. You know, it's a big thing in New York City right now where, and I got to share this with you because it just blew my mind. There's a thing where children in New York City have this thing called Takis or Hot Cheetos. And children in New York City have been eating these Hot Cheetos or these Takis at such a rate that now we're finding that many children are being are being sent to the hospital because the hot Cheetos are burning the linings of their intestines and their stomachs. Cheeto, is this but the, when we did the research, huh? Cheetos, is this the snack item that you're talking about? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And what happens is that, that I spoke earlier about New York City having so many bodegas. Right. So the average child can go to school and on their way to school can stop into a bodega Right. And grab a bag of of hot Cheetos, and so kids have been grabbing these bags of hot Cheetos and and then grabbing a um a Red Bull, <laughs> a little a literally a little time bomb in their sitting in their stomachs, and, and then we day. wonder every day, and we wonder why the kids can't sit still. And have I don't want to say behavior issues, but but are being told that they're they're how can I put this they're they're being they they're they're acting out is the way I put it. It's not because they have a behavior issue, but I feel it's a direct correlation. To the food they're eating. If you drink a Red Bull and eat a hot sake, you're gonna be bouncing off the wall. You, you can't sit still. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So to the average teacher, you know what I mean. So the average teacher is saying, "Boy or child, sit sit down, sit still." Right. And the child can't fully explain why they can't sit, you know. But we found that it's these combinations of foods or these combination of Franken foods that are disrupting the internal chemistry of our children, which are leading them to be other than themselves, other than them, other than their best selves. Absolutely. That makes sense. Absolutely. Well, and I like how you mentioned that the, the focus really is on um, plant-based and whole foods, but if you can share a vegan burger and have that kind of start the discussion about moving towards vegetables, that's great too. When I started as a vegan, I was eating, oh, I was so excited, all the vegan burgers I can find and all the meat analogs. Well, yeah. A few years later, I was really getting into whole foods, plant-based and realizing that it was um, not only extremely delicious, very creative, also more affordable. I was buying grains, legumes, right. veggies, you know, um, and then really, starting naturally to curb my intake of, of well some of the vegan there's vegan franken foods too you know but but yes it is a gradual shift and everybody's not gonna i'm so well aware everybody's not gonna go whole foods plant-based overnight i'm not even fully whole foods plant-based but i love that that is sort of the heart of things um you know that the heart of things that you're working with is plant-based yeah yeah it's a we spoke we spoke briefly in the, in the email uh, and I told you about or you asked me about what is that we do with urban vegan kitchen. Oh, yeah. So 
Urban Vegan Kitchen is a is a very a very um quote unquote a very cool place to eat. But they're all they have also been staunch supporters of Hip Hop is Green, NYC Hip Hop is Green from day one. And what we do with them, we have a series called the First Supper, where we partner with different schools and different educators throughout New York City, and we bring them. We have um, a, a brunch from 11 to 2, and we feed them plant-based foods all free of charge. And we have a discussion about, you know, what it means to, to be healthy. What are your favorite fruits? What are your favorite vegetables? Do you know that, you know, do you know that Jay-Z and Beyonce are dabbling, dabbling with, with being uh, vegan? Do you know that? Kyrie Irving, a, a, a big basketball player for the Brooklyn Nets, is a vegan. Do you know, have you ever seen this movie, What the Health? Have you, have you ever saw, saw this movie called Game Changers? And that, that conversation or those conversations have been tremendously empowering, empowering because we're finding you to, I had one, one young man tell me that, he said, Doc, this is my first time actually going out to eat. This is my first time going to not just a vegan restaurant, but having an opportunity to go to a restaurant in Manhattan. Wow. So, I'm, so I'm trying to give you an idea of the type of situations that we're dealing with. So again, I know from, from personal firsthand experience that it's the exposure that gives people opportunity to know they have other avenues or other lanes or other options. So with Urban Vegan Kitchen, you know, which is a, you can, you can look them up. They're, they're found in, in the village in, in Manhattan, New York City. And we really lock in with principals, teachers, students, and we just have a conversation about pop culture and about, about life. And it gives me a great opportunity to slip in these these health nuggets. And we have a, a plant-based nutritionist come there and talk talk to them, and they get a chance to see um, a owner who looks like them. They get a chance to see, and that's another that's another great thing because you know I, I come as I am, so I might come there with, with my hat flipped up with the, with the big glasses, but it. It gives them chance to, a chance to get information from somebody who looks like someone who could be related to them. Right. This guy could be my uncle. He could be my he could be my father. You see the you see the salt and pepper. That's that's flavoring there. <laughs> um, so that 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 give and take is very very powerful. And many times, I learn more than I actually teach in those situations because I do my best to, to open my ears and see what what their needs are and see why. And that's where I learned about the situation with the Takis and the Hot Cheetos. This little girl was telling me about a couple of her friends who went to the hospital from eating too many Hot Cheetos. You know? Um, so that's first-hand information that I, that I can't get sitting in the office. Right. It must be yeah, it must be priceless to sit there with the youth and also just hear their just kids are kids are honest, you know, to hear their responses about the food 
Um, as you mentioned, this young man, who, it was his first time eating in a restaurant, but for many of them, maybe it's their first time eating plant-based food, just to hear what they say. I think that would be, if I'm ever in New York City, next time I'm there, I'm going to time it around one of these events. I would like to, I would love to be there. You need to. You need to. I'm glad you said that, because recently, I, I just had a, a, a guy reached out to me um, from from Berlin, Germany. And he found he found us through social media. One of the good things about social media, it has made the world smaller, and you can't reach out to someone and connect with them. Yeah. So I met this young man from Berlin, Germany, who was actually doing his their, his dissertation for his doctorate on hip hop and nutrition. Wow! This young man came to New York City, and we met, and he stayed here for for two weeks. And the timing was perfect because within that two weeks, we had three different events that we were doing. And he was able to come and participate in these three different events. And he got a chance to come to one of the first suppers at, at Urban Vegan Kitchen, as well as to an event that we did with um, an organization or a company called Paradigm Talent Agency, where we worked with different hip hop artists and industry insiders and talked about their responsibility as industry people to provide some type of balance. I'm not saying you have to make all your music about quote unquote positivity, but when we talk about how important art is or creativity is to us as a people, it's those artists who are able to inject these messages and symbols into their artwork that I've noticed have the longest Revelancy and the longest careers. Um, when I tell you that this young man, we both were actually having tears in our eyes because we realized at that moment how powerful hip hop is and how and how powerful our work at Hip Hop is Green is. Because here's a guy that came from all, all the way across the world who could barely speak English, but he loved hip hop, and he had this idea of you know hip hop and nutrition. And he got a chance to see it face to face. And he was just like, and to see him tear up made me tear up because it a barrier was eliminated. You know, mm-hmm. people think Berlin, Germany, you think about the Berlin Wall, you think all all these things, you know, the, the Cold Wars that we've had and all that was eliminated because of our love for, for hip hop, our love for music, and our love for health and nutrition. And it was just one of those aha moments. And he recently reached out to me, actually this morning, and he sh- he sent me an Instagram post. And now he's back in Berlin, and he was saying how he was delivering his dissertation, doing the speeches about it, and just talking about how how life changing it was and affirming it was for him to see this going on in New York City, and to see those children impacted, and to see those industry insiders talk about you know, what we can do creatively. I mean, what we can do as a whole and individually to kind of make this world a better place. So that was just, I had to share that with you because it was a very powerful moment. It's incredible, but it also has me thinking about Berlin, which is a city I actually love. And um, maybe sometime mm-hmm. you can do a, a trip there and uh, get the, get the uh, Hip Hop is Green Berlin chapter going <laughs> uh, yeah. scene. i'm not sure if you're familiar with german hip-hop but there's a real there's a real hip-hop scene there too and of course plenty of 
plant-based vegan culture it could be real interesting to get something started there that's interesting you said that I, I spoke earlier about being a part of the group called the bartenders and I actually produced produced a film and in producing that film I had a chance to travel all around all around the world so I had a chance to go to Latvia Riga I had a chance to go to um Spain, Barcelona, Spain. I had a chance to go to um, Ecuador, Guinea, and Africa. I had a chance to go to Canada. I mean, it's all around the world. So when I tell you that, I said to say, I understand how important American pop culture is. I also understand how important or how, how can I say this? I understand how deceiving any of the images that get promoted about what happens in America or American pop culture. I had a, <laughs> I'll share this story with you, not to go too far off topic, but in Latvia, Riga, I had a, Riga, Latvia, I had a young man take me to this park. And he said, basically, he said, Doc, I want to take you to this park. And this park it basically celebrates what you guys do. Um, we kind of made this park as, to pay homage, you know, to American culture. Okay. I get there. The name of the park is called the Ghetto Games Park. Okay. Um, they, they, had a, they had a food truck there. It was called the Ghetto Burger. They had a picture of a, a black man and a black woman drawing in graffiti. The black man had gold teeth in his mouth and a big afro. The woman was turned around showing her behind and her pants were hanging down off her behind. And they had a DJ in the middle of the park and he was playing all these hip hop songs. And they were, every, every song, and mind you, people spoke very little English, but they, they knew all the words to these songs. They were saying the N-word. They were saying, I mean, just it was, it was just, it was a surreal experience. Mm -hmm. And I told the I told the host who who brought me there, you know, I, and it took a lot for me to compose myself because it initially I, I I felt enraged, I felt I felt um all, I don't want to say I, I I felt enraged is the best way to put it I was I was very angry, but I had to take a step a step back literally and figuratively in my mind and my spirit. And I realized that he was presenting that because that's what mainstream America has told the world that's who we are as a people. And we have been a victim of that ourselves because in many, and it goes back to how we as creatives tell, tell our story. Sorry about that. Awesome. Um, I look like I'm losing, I'm losing some energy on my battery. I got to get up charge on my battery okay. but um yeah. but yeah so when i when i told the young man i said that i understand what you're what you're trying to do and what you're trying to share but that's not us yeah i and, understand that moment and we gave each other give me a second i'm gonna get my charge we gave each other a, a handshake and uh a, a handshake and, a, and an actual hug and he said to me, he said, you know, if if people in my country could speak English and understand what, what you're saying, he was like, you would be a very, very powerful person here because you you have helped me shift 
my idea about who and what it is I thought you were and what your culture is about. And that was a very, very um, powerful moment for me as well. Incredibly powerful. And I imagine it wasn't like you did it in weeks. It was a moment. Say that part again? And I, I, this is ex- extremely powerful. And I imagine it wasn't like it took weeks. It was a moment. It was a moment in time. That right. You, yeah. That you, it was. It was a. It was a moment in time that will forever be etched in my mind. Um. It's. It's. It's so crazy that. And I, and I tell people this all the time from this letter. Is that better? The light on better? Yeah, that's fine. But I. I tell people all the time especially my, my young inner city students that I work with, don't, instead of, instead of being a product of your environment, let's make products for our environment that benefit us as well as the world. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, so it's, instead of being products for our, of our environment, let's make products for our environment that benefit us as well as the world. Um, and that, that is sort of what that, what that trip reinforced, reinforced and instilled in me that we have to be able to, and it brings us back full circle, we have to be able to fully, fully articulate our stories and show the, the multiplicities or, or the layers to who we are as humans. And I think that's I think that's very important, and that's why I, I was so excited. I'm so excited to be able to speak to you, and your your viewers, because many times, the mainstream media only paints us with one stroke of the brush. Mm-hmm. Where I see you have a painting behind you. If, if you know anything about art, it take it takes many layers of paint to create a nice a nice picture. If you just put one layer. You're kind of leaving it. Um, you're not exploring the full possibilities. It's not the full, yeah. It's not the full truth, and especially with depictions, can't rely on other others to always depict us. Um, and that's yep. why I'm creating this media too. And um, you're a media creator, so um, this is also the exciting thing about this era. I like how you pointed out like the good things about social media and the good things about the internet. There's plenty of, you know, negative controversials to talk about, but that is the good things, uh, the good things. And why I'm creating this media to disperse and to help cultivate awareness about your mission statement, but about your organization as well. I hope to, my mother's from Harlem. I I really enjoy always New York City. So I hope to time my next visit with a with a hip hop is green event. I mean, I you've inspired me. I mean, um, to to let's do it. Let me let me know. Yeah, let me know. We would love we would love to have you. And that's what I was saying to 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 my to my guy uh, from Berlin. I, I'm I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name. It's a very difficult name to pronounce. But I I told him that it's one thing that to know about the theory of hip hop is green. It's another thing to see it in practice. Yeah. When, when you see it in practice, when you, when you totally spoke earlier about what was the energy like in, in the room for the, for the 10th element ceremony, when you feel the energy of young people, one who many have been 
have been counted out, overlooked, underserved, overlooked and underserved and, and disenfranchised. And, and, you know, when you see them and they're, they're getting, they feel like someone is giving them something, but with no strings attached, um, it's just a very, very, words can't describe it. Just to see that light bulb go off in their in their eyes, to see to see their spirit light up, to see I've had um educators tell me, you know, this group that we're bringing you is, is not our best behaved group. And I tell them that's that's my specialty, at risk youth. Bring me bring me your so called worst and your and your hardest to reach. Because it's in dealing with those people. I found that those so-called worst and hardest to reach become the best leaders. They they become the most powerful advocates because many of them, and it goes back to what I said about the young lady, they don't care what you say until they, until you know that until they know that you care. So once that so-called, I gotta share this one with you, right? It's it's an acronym we use for students. Um, because many students, you'll find they have this so-called thug exterior. Well, thug is an acronym. It just means a talented human under great stress. So once I'm able to pull back and eliminate some of those stresses, that talented human comes to the forefront. And the beauty that's within their spirits and their souls starts to shine. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that so-called that, that worst that class clown, everybody falls in line. Right. And you know, educators have told me, teachers have told me, I can't believe that you got through to that young man or to that young lady. You know, this 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 program is very, very is very powerful because that changes the climate in the room. You know, it changes it changes the ability to to communicate because once the person who for whatever reason, the other students were afraid of or kind of follow their lead. Once they see that young person fall in line, it's, it's, it's a win-win. They are energy shifters. You know, I know. I know exactly. Yes. What's going on. They can shift the entire energy of the of the room. So that's yeah, that's- yeah. So you know, I, I tell them, you know, every every everything we do, the, the main ingredient, the main ingredient is love. And once they taste that love. Figuratively and and literally, it's it's phenomenal. Well, I am extremely grateful you exist. Um, I'm still going to be reading more on what you do. I, I love reading about all the various measures and the work you're doing. You've got Black Veg Fest. Oh yeah, that's about Black Veg Fest. Third, okay. third year coming now. We're going to wrap it up soon here, but third year, third year now. Okay. Third, the third year for Black Veg Fest. So Black Veg Fest was created by uh, a phenomenal brother named Omawale Adele, who's from originally from Bedford Stuyvesant. And what Black Veg Fest does is, last year we had 10,000 people came out. The year before that, it was about 5,000. And we do it right in the heart of Bedford Stuyvesant, which for all my hip hop heads, where Biggie Smalls comes from, it's where most death comes from. It's where, I mean, it's one of the areas that needed the most. Mm-hmm. So, for the last two years, I've I've been the host of Black Veg Fest, um, 
And not only is Black Veg Fest a celebration of health and wellness, but it's also a celebration of economics, economic empowerment. We had over 75 vendors last year. Last year we had a place called Weeksville, and Weeksville is one of the first places where freed black people had their own community. So to have Black Veg Fest at Weeksville, it was amazing. Um, the year before that, when the 5,000 people came out, it was actually a rainstorm. They said it was the most rainiest day of 2018, but 5,000 people still braved the weather and still came to Black Veg Fest because I like to say that it, it was filling a void. For whatever reasons, many people in, in the urban communities, many times they, they seem to think that so-called vegan, the vegan lifestyle, and I say this with all due respect and love, they may say it's, it's a little vanilla or that's for white people. No, no. But the, and that's what, huh? Yes, I'm aware of that sort of conception or misconception, yep. that, that perception. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes a Black Veg Fest so important because we have vendors there who are making plant-based oxtails, plant-based fish sandwiches. Plant, so they're giving them foods that they, foods that exist in their regular cultural canon but it has been tweaked to be, to be healthier for them. Right. And again, that creates a segue to health and wellness. I've had people tell me, man, I, if, if I knew vegan food tastes like this, I would have been vegan. Right. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It's, it's enough room for everybody. Take your time. It's not a rush. You know what I mean? But it's, it's little things like that. And that's what makes, in my mind, that's what makes it a joy for me to work with Black Veg Fest. Um, also, I don't know if you, I think I sent you a picture, but it's, it's a picture with me and, and the mayor and many of those people in the background surrounding me are from other organizers of Black Veg Fest. Om- okay. Omawale, Nadia, Francis, right. they're the three masterminds behind Black Veg Fest. Um, and it's just, it's just been uh, an amazing, amazing thing. We were actually Slip this in with you as well. New York City has been, we talk about animal rights. New York City has been at the forefront of animal rights legislation. And we were recently part of a think tank with Mayor de Blasio to pass the most historical animal rights bill, you know, in in the Western Hemisphere, North America. So it it, it covers everything from um the horse, the horse carriages, and how the horses are being abused. To many of the of the foods, it's, it's a it's a type of food that they they actually force feed ducks, right. get the liver from the ducks. You know, um, that that's been banned in New York City, and we were there for the signing of that legislation. Um, and again, it's just showing, it's just showing the the symmetry or the connectedness between hip-hop, grassroots, the political sector, the education sector, all these things overlap. And when you find people in those various sectors who have similar similar um, 
who have similar ideologies or mindsets, it creates this almost like like this super friends justice league, if you will, Man. of these various superheroes from different sectors who all come together and work for a common cause. You have a lot of incredible things going on in your community there. I will, I actually am in communication with somebody working with uh, the legislation that you're talking about, this sort of groundbreaking um, animal protection legislation. So that's coming on future podcast episodes too. There's so much going on in right. your you're a huge part of that. And um, I would love to have you back for a session maybe later on this year and we continue talking and um, hearing let's more. Let's do it, let's do it. I gotta I gotta make sure I, I would love to, but I also wanna make sure that you um if you get a chance to speak with Keith Tucker, again, who's the, the founder of Hip Hop is Green. Um just just because of growing up I was a basketball player and I was always taught to, you know, got gotta pass the rock around. You know what I mean? Gotta gotta share the ball. Yes, absolutely. So I, 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 I would love for you to speak to him as well. And um, I thank you for, for taking the time to, to make this happen. Um, once we actually started to communicate, everything went kind of quickly. So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, to, line, to line up this interview and hopefully share some information with people that, that can help them in a practical way, not in a theoretical way. The, exactly. the goal is to you know, like I said, make sure you got your both boots on the ground and, and your hands in the mud and, and you really put doing the work. So I appreciate you and I thank you Do for having us. Really quickly, yes, I have to say goodbye, uh, but really quickly, I love your sweaters. Can people order your sweaters on your website, on the national website? Uh, you know what, I was, I was supposed to have, have the sweater on right now, but because I was rushing around, That's I got to give a shout out to my, to my, to my wife and my, my, my four children. Um, my son Shakran is actually going to take a test today to be admitted to Hunter Hunter College High School. Um, so as a sixth grader, he's taking a test for the gifted and talented. So that, that kind of was our main focus for the day. Um, but it's long story short, yes, we will have the sweaters up for sale on our main national website coming soon. I expect that to go up after um, sometime in March after we have the big convention, the big summit in Seattle. So be looking out for those. Go to Hip Hop is Green website. Come and join us on, oh, I gotta tell you this before I go. <laughs> another, another student told me one time, she said, Dr. G, we are a generation of followers. Everybody says, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, follow me. And I was like, wow. So I said to say, that's why I never say follow me. I say join me or join us Engage. on Instagram. Right. Engage. Right. That's it. You know, so Hip Hop is Green on Instagram. NYC Hip Hop is Green is the personal page. We could, you could, not my personal, but we can see what's happening in NYC. Um, reach out. Let us know you saw this interview. You saw this conversation. Tell us what you thought. Let's keep it going. Let's find ways that we can connect and do things that will make better people, better families, better communities, and a better world. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. G. We'll be staying in touch. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Peace, blessings, love, and life. Peace.
this is Annika, and thank you for listening to the Pacific Roots Magazine podcast. Visit us online at pacificrootsmagazine.com.